When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Peraldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, uh, Podbean, St- <laughs> Dumb Stitcher, Double Twist. Yeah, it's a little bit over the top. I thought I was back to saying uh, your favorite podcasting app, but I guess I jumped into that one, so we'll leave that where that is. It is, uh, well, I just want to thank every one of you for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Kind of a mostly cloudy type of day as I start this show. And it's kind of like mostly cloudy going into the playoffs. Not knowing, not about knowing who we're not going to play or who we're going to play. We are going to play the St. Louis Blues. Will we have home ice advantage? What's going to happen in the series? It's two excellent teams and the unfairness of the whole the unfairness of the whole uh, playoff seating situation. People frustrated with that. Some people say it is what it is. Even Bill Guerin said, hey, it is what it is. You know, let's just play. That's what Bill Guerin says. So, okay, I, I understand that point of view big time. I mean, you're going to have to beat them at some point or beat somebody similar. So, it kind of is what it is. Uh, people like Russo were hoping for the one for one, one through eight to come back someday. I can hear that argument as well. That way things are seated a little bit more accordingly. This and that. You don't end up pay, playing the number three seed when you're the number two seed, basically. Which is, uh, or in this case, uh, th- third and fourth with Minnesota. Because Calgary would be number two. So, that's kind of how things are shaping up. Uh, all the teams that, are, that we're going to make the playoffs have. So, the playoffs are all set, generally speaking, in terms of who will be in the playoffs at the end of the day. Uh, this is going to be a fan interaction-centric show. No question about that. Not sure if the seedings are 100% uh, in stone yet, but they should be, generally speaking. Yeah, Florida's going to be number one, no question. Colorado's going to be number one, we all know that. Carolina, Toronto are only a point apart. Tampa's not going to catch either one of those. So they'll be playing the uh, team that isn't as, you know, yeah, we'll get back to that. We'll worry about that later. Um, Western Conference, I would say, is pretty much set. Minnesota and St. Louis, of course. Calgary, oh no, Calgary could be playing Dallas. Or Nashville, so that's another thing that's kind of floating out there. Edmonton, L.A. are kind of on top of each other. That's kind of a home ice advantage situation between those two as well. 
Los Angeles probably is not going to get it. Edmonton's probably going to have home ice with 100 points this year. Edmonton, 100 points. So all the mean things we said about Edmonton during the course of the season and such. Well, I mean, they made their coaching change. The attitude uh, has uh, improved, not because the coach was bad necessarily, but the guys probably needed a little fire lit under them, and they started playing better. And all that, even the goaltending improved significantly, despite the fact both of the goaltenders are pretty average. Las Vegas misses the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. What do you think of that? Las Vegas, oot! Las Vegas is out of the playoffs thanks to a 67-point Chicago Blackhawks team going into OT and the shootout and blah 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 and they finally <laughs> they had like had 19 players like shoot in the shootout did Vegas none of them scored none of them and a lot of them it's just it's constantly guys trying to be cute okay so I'll make this move now I'll make this little extra move and you're out of space and it's all over stupid shoot the puck man shoot the puck make a move and shoot the puck I, I don't get a lot of that uh yeah freaking uh, I don't even remember. uh Johansson of the uh, Nashville Predators made about 950 moves while he was gliding about about a half a mile an hour and got away with that crap with Minnesota. Some Bush League garbage, but, well, whatever. I'm trying to be over that one. We don't play them in the first round, so that's long gone. <laughs> there was talk about actually playing them in the first round a few weeks back. Obviously, that changed. It's pretty much been Minnesota-St. Louis locked in forever. Uh, St. Louis has one more game played than Minnesota, and we're tied at 109. Minnesota couldn't beat the frickin' Arizona frickin' Coyotes. Yeah, and... Jack McJack ass McBain was one of the goal scorers in the game. I saw it happen. And it's like, seriously, man. Obviously, I saw it happen. I, 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 I hope I did, right? And it's like, oh, jeez. Really? But that's the trap game of trap games. And Greenway returned in that one as well. So at least we have him back. But I don't know. Marc-Andre Fleury struggling a bit as well. I better get on with things here. Sorry, but uh, I'd like to do a playoff preview show. But... The seeding could change at the last second. I don't want to mess it up. That's happened before to me. Minnesota, St. Louis. I mean, it's who's going to have home ice, blah, blah, blah. Minnesota, I hope Minnesota can get it. Unfortunately, if we're tied, though, St. Louis does have it. Uh, they have the tiebreaker. Um, and understandably, one way or another, I can't imagine why they'd have the tiebreaker, right? But yeah, I guess it's the win total deal, which I guess. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, that is confusing. Minnesota's got 51 wins, but let's just uh, get where we need to be. I'm not going to review the games in as much detail as the previous weeks because I think we got a lot of fan interaction to do, and it's one of those days where i got to go in a tiny bit early. Stupid, dumb meetings. You know, yes, okay. They didn't, they didn't hear that, I hope, but two 6-3 to three wins versus Vancouver and Seattle versus the, the, the Northwestern United States and, well, North, Southwestern Canada in Vancouver. Yes, Isha Jerome's club. Each of Jerome's club, he doesn't care about us, damn it. He hates us because he likes Vancouver more. Well, it is what it is. He grew up with Vancouver. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> it is kind of ironic how all that kind of comes to place. People that do shows and that's not even their main team, but <laughs> it is kind of funny. Uh, but they do a good job on the soda pod when they talk hockey. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin Fiala, a couple of goals. Awesome week. Ryan Hartman drank some coffee, had a goal and an assist. Obviously, it was a fun, entertaining game against Bruce. There it is. Fiala's kind of wraparoundish type of goal. That was always fun. Kaprizov, a bit of a highlight play with uh, Zuccarello. That was really sweet, to be quite fair. I uh, just love it. I'd love to see what those guys can do with the top line. Continues to dominate, and Fiala continues to be one of the best. This will be the last time you'll see Cam Talbot play, and it wasn't that great of a game, giving up three goals. And Not every goal was was, was the best thing you ever saw. But it just kind of is what it is. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we won't see Talbot 
until maybe Calgary, Colorado. You're going to have to see him in one of those games. And then maybe we'll see the little, the old Dwayne Rolleston and Manny Fernandez uh, switcheroo in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see, but I'm thinking that could be the, the uh, direction. Can you can you believe this? Seattle went up 2 nothing in the game versus Minnesota. I understand it's a back-to-back, but 2 nothing Seattle. 2 nothing Seattle. A team that uh, has, they have more familiar names than, say, Minnesota and, you know, whoever. Minnesota and Columbus did years ago. I mean, it was literally like, who is this guy? You know, that was literally who it was at first, for the most part. Like, most of the well-known names or semi-known names that were picking in the expansion draft or whatever ended up getting traded away for uh, other prospects. So, like, uh, Joe Juno, I still remember him. He was traded for Ricard Wallin. How do I remember that? I just do. I just do. <laughs> yeah. Ricard Wallin. Yeah, who looked promising for about a week or two. And then, that was it. <laughs> kind of like certain, like, crushes you may have had back in the day or the way they treated you. I thought about it. I thought about dating you. And that's it. Thanks. Screw you. That's what I want to say in that situation. And that's what those NHL careers were like for certain guys. And that's what this game was like for uh, Seattle. They thought about winning the game, but they just didn't. Minnesota ended up going crazy. Lots of fun there. Was it five goals in a row? Six goals in a row. That was awesome. Yep. I, <laughs> to think they went up 2 nothing in the game. Minnesota went up to 6-2. to Jules Erickson Eck, obviously wonderful week. Multi-goal game here. Good chemistry, and it was fun to see. It's just fun to see Kaprizov, Fiala, and Tulerks and Eck on the power play. That's cool. That's cool to watch. And Fiala continues to rack up the assists. I mean, we're getting assist records all over this team. So much for any assists in the past. I mean, every you know, it's getting crushed by like three players. Three players are going to pass the all-time assist record before this season. Of course, their names will be <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarillo, and Kevin Fiala. Um, Kirill Kaprizov now has 105 points, by the way, with 60 assists. So good luck catching that. So much for Matt Zuccarillo holding the Matt Zuccarillo holding the uh, all-time season record for assists. Kirill Kaprizov with 60 goals, 45 all-time record, 105 points, all-time record plus minus 25. Blah blah blah. And then he does this really well, and he does that really well. And he turned 25 too this past week. So happy birthday to Kirill Kaprizov. Kevin Fiala is a fellow Leo. July 22nd. He'll turn 26. Oh man. Oh, well. <laughs> 84 points. Yep, that's, he's the, well, he also passed Marion Gabrick in the second all-time leading scorer in our single season. Poor guy, he would have beaten it, but, well, yeah, 105 points by Kirill Kaprizov prevented that from happening, didn't it? Matt Zuccarillo may actually catch it. Ryan Hardman with 34 goals. I mean, you could just go on and on. What a wonderful season it is. Jules Erickson Eck with 26. Again, multi-point week. Multi-point, uh, two multi-point games this week. Love what Jules Erickson Eck has brought to this team. Obviously, the frustrating, tenacious defense. T- just a tough guy to play against. And love how durable he's been. Knock on wood. He will come back from what looked like something extremely bad. Um, and the, the Wild have been absolutely blessed with a lot of that this season. Matt Boldy with almost 40 points in only 45 games. Again, that's another guy that had a fairly serious injury early in the season, and then like another injury, you know, uh, injured the other ankle a little bit, missed some time. But imagine what kind of year he could have had as a rookie. He might have had 65 points or more. 70. Might have had 70 points. Calder, anyone? Calder? Calder? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, there's at least a chance of that. 70-point season, that's a pretty damn good rookie player. At 20, not 25, not 24, not 23, 20. So, future's bright for Minnesota in a lot of ways, especially when you have 
Matt Boldy, uh, a guy like Matt Boldy, and again, that's another player that could have been included, just just part of the trade, just part of the trade for by, uh, for Jack Eichel, who's done wonderful for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and all that. Uh, that really helped that team wonderfully, trading away assets and good fits for the roster, uh, assets that could have been uh, that could have helped kind of reload the team. But now they might end up having to rebuild, but they're going to probably attempt to reload first. They missed the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. Crazy. It's crazy, eh? You know, I'm babbling way too much. But, well, it's fun to talk about a lot of these things. And Fan Direction will rule the roost today. And at least I better let it allow, <laughs> I better allow that to happen. It's just you look at these amazing numbers and you're blown away. And it's it's exciting. You just hope it doesn't all go, go up in smoke in a series versus the St. Louis Blues. But I do think that series goes six or seven. I am concerned with how uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing. I am. Um, I'm concerned with how Marc-Andre Fleury has been in the net. He's been giving up a lot of goals. Uh, what was it, the last seven games? He's given up 3.5 goals, and his uh, save percentage is around 80, 80 86. Kind of scary, don't you think? A save percentage of 84 versus Nashville. Yeah, we won the game, and we peppered David Riddick, Riddick who was very mediocre for Calgary forever. One of those kind of semi, sort of, like, goalies of the future. Maybe he was the Kakinen of the um, um, Calgary Flames for the longest time. Uh, so you figured you're, you're going to beat him at some point when you keep peppering him. The Wild peppered him with 47 shots in the game. 47, so the Wild ended up surviving and beating Nashville in Nashville. A very impressive win. They'll have us keep pace with St. Louis and continue to just play phenomenal hockey, despite, you know, again, Fleury not being the best, and despite play in front of him not being the best either. we got to remember that part. That's quite true. Julier Julier Janek played wonderfully, and I could imagine Julier Janek being the most valuable player in a series versus Nashville. He seems, you know, he just feels like a good fit for that matchup. A team that's just kind of a chippy team to play against. Obviously very talented, and, and again, a bit on the chippy side. In a lot of ways, they're kind of like an, they're almost like an arch rival for us in a lot of ways. Like they kind of remind me of Vancouver years ago. In a way, maybe I'm just a total idiot. Some of you might be rolling your eyes, but there is definitely a lot of chippiness between these two teams. I've said that about three times now. Um, yeah, and and it's interesting too. Obviously, Luke Cunning's there now. Interestingly, of all places, he wound up there. Uh, Kevin, uh, excuse me, Kevin Fiala came from there. Mikhail Granlund. Kevin Fiala, of course, having a big goal late in the game to kind of get things, uh, to, to get the Wild ahead 4-3. to three. He enjoyed that very much, skating by the Nashville bench. Who knows what he said. Probably a little bit of something there, I suppose. 33rd 30, 30, uh, goal of the year. Nashville would tie it up with, with about less than six minutes remaining in the game, much to our chagrin. Next thing you know, Dmitry Kulikov was able to finish Literally like a walk-off win for Minnesota. Just barely with Nashville. Wonderful feed from Jules Erickson-Eck, who did a little bit of everything on that one. Kroll Kaprizov won up with a second assist, but Jules Erickson-Eck worked his ass off the whole night and set up uh, Dmitry Kulikov perfectly to time it just right for Kulikov to release that shot and win the game versus the Preds. Made us all feel like a billion dollars. And then the game that made us feel like two cents. Made us feel like the dollar since 1913, if you do a little research on that. The, uh, since uh, a certain thing called the Federal Reserve was created, a couple, of, you know, the uh, you know the the value of the dollars dropped like a bajillion percent. What is it like 99 percent? That's all. It's like a cent, two cents compared to what a dollar was back in nineteen thirteen, thanks to the Federal Reserve. Yeah, just printing money out of thin air. That makes sense. I thought McBain scored. 
earlier. I guess it was an assist. Yeah, when he had a when he uh, had a point earlier, that was an assist. So I apologize, and I do remember mentioning that it was his first NHL point. Minnesota ends up losing the game against a couple of the familiar names and you know some of the ancient history like Louis Erickson. Phil Castle's pretty pretty up there. Nick Schmaltz Schmaltz's alt was actually one of the guys that helped wrap this thing up. When Kevin Fiala looked like he was going to get some kind of a scoring chance, he stripped Kevin Fiala, who had no points in this game and was a minus two, but a lot of uh, wild players were kind of like that, unfortunately, in this game. Five to three loss, by the way. He stripped uh, Schmaltz's alt, as I like to call him, stripped Kevin Fiala, wound up feeding a Phil Castle, who got the empty netter to wrap it up, unfortunately. Uh, old hot dog guy himself. Looks more like he's from Chicago than from anywhere around here, but that's just... That's just how I look at him. He looks like Ron Coomer, doesn't he? He looks like a Ron Coomer kind of guy <laughs> for uh, for uh, old older Twins fans. Getting back to the mid-90s, early 2000s, and here I go babbling on and on. But in overall, meh, kind of a night. Marc-Andre Fleury was meh again. Again, four goals again. Saber percentage of 84. Looks familiar. Four, exactly the same, basically, as the national game. Love the goalie pads. Love the, love the helmet. Love the helmet. Um... But, uh, you know, the shin pads and all that. Love the helmet, but mm, mm, I, I, I don't know. The, the, the play has not been all that great. Um, Cam Talbot was, like, almost invincible since, uh, like, about a week or two before the trade because, obviously, he knew. And here we are kind of frustrated, wondering what the hell, you know. So, hopefully, Marc-Andre Fleury can get things together here pretty soon. And, well, we'll see. We'll see. There's, there's no decision made about who will start game one, but don't be surprised if it's Talbot. Don't be surprised if it's Marc-Andre Fleury. Maybe it should be Talbot and see how things go. And they should have a right to switch the goalies up any time. It's not like, okay, he's the starter. The other guy, nope. He only goes in if absolutely necessary. That's it. Or if we need to just, like, we just have to, we have to. Like, season's on the line, you know. We're down three games to one, you know. Hopefully it doesn't come to something crazy like that. But uh, Greenway returned. As I shift gears slightly, uh, was able to get an assist in the game. We're happy for him, and it's nice to have him back. Felino, of course, returned as well during the course of this week and was ret- returned in this game. Actually, this was his first game back. Felino and Greenway, really nice to have them back in the mix. Uh, goal and an assist for Felino, and of course, of course, I'd given up and released Felino <laughs> on the fantasy team as I am losing in the final right now. Maybe things will change. Still could. Of course, I'd given up and released him because it looked like he wasn't going to come back in in time for to, to really be a factor. And then he has a yeah, then he has a, a pretty good game at least statistically for fantasy. But the Wild ended up losing five to three with the empty netter and all that good stuff. So with that said, the Mike Modano Award winner for this week, I want to give it to Jules Erickson Eck. I, I think he was fantastic. Uh, retroactive to say. Because I remember he was definitely player of the week and definitely deserved it on Minnesota Wild Global and all that. And he absolutely deserved it. It was like a dominant week and all that. But um, didn't have a good game versus the Arizona Coyotes and Julia Chenek did. So I think it pushes him slightly past. Definitely strong honorable mention for Fiala. For Fiala. Uh, player of the month is Fiala. Easily. Not even close for the month of April if I do a player of the month deal. And I probably should in the future. Uh, it's Viola with a bullet there. But for this week, I'm going to give a slight edge to Jules Erickson-Eck. I thought he played absolutely wonderful, continuing to play the tenacious defense, uh, setting other players up as well, and scoring some big goals, and keeping the Wild in this game as well. as looked like the Wild were going to get beaten uh, beaten handily by this team, which is really embarrassing. 
but uh, uh, helped the Wild kind of get things back in order for a little bit there before things completely unraveled down the stretch. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial, I think it's Marc-Andre Fleury, and I hate doing it, but I think it's Marc-Andre Fleury. I think the play in front of him has not been good either. I, you know, they're getting, they're getting sloppy, playing a little too open, but some of the goals given up are just like, you know, you got to make those stops, which we've said in the past about other goalies. So let's just be honest here and give it to Marc-Andre Fleury at this stage. With that, we'll take a quick break. Going to look around a little bit very briefly, and then, of course, fan interaction again will dominate the show. It's going to be a big third segment. segment. Of course, it's not going to be heavy, hard, and hard, and hardcore preview, but it'll be some. Two games remaining in the regular season, and then we will play the St. Louis Blues. I hope, opening up an Excel Energy Center, I hope the Minnesota Wild can end their drought of not winning series where they have home ice advantage, which I still, to this day, don't understand what the devil is going on with that. Calgary Flames, 50-20-10, first place in the Pacific Division. And I do believe a Stanley Cup contender, legitimately. Uh, Sean Manahan with a hip as of April the 2nd. Tyler Parsons, I don't know what's going on there. Okay, yeah, he's not hes not one of the main goalies. So I don't know why his name is even listed. I don't know why they do that. The Wilds still have significant injuries, of course. Uh, Matt Zuccarillo, they're not, I, from what I know, they're not overly concerned. Felino has returned. They're still listing him there. And Jared Spurgeon, talk is that it's better than they thought and that Dumbo will also return here in the final two games at some point. So, God willing, God willing, God willing, the Wild will have players on the ice, you know, that we're missing, that will be ready to rock and roll again, which is great. Calgary, sixth in goals, second in goals against Jacob Markstrom, baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, this series is just... It's a good thing we're not playing the Calgary Flames in the playoffs, because if we do, boy, woo. Well, <laughs> we've gotten bigger since we last played them, so we'll see. How this game goes, I guess eh, it is what it is. Eighth on the power play is Calgary to Minnesota's 19th. Penalty kill was sixth for the Calgary Flames. Sixth in the league in penalty kill. 27th for Minnesota. Terrible penalty kill. Uh, penalty minutes 22nd for Calgary. They get in the box quite a bit. Minnesota's one of the worst with 30th and blah, blah, blah. I actually wanted to play this clip for the Arizona game when I was talking about it. This was funny, and but it's something I could use forever and ever. From uh, Gene Evison. Hey, listen, our whole game sucked tonight. We got what we deserved. Pretty telling and pretty fitting. And that was pretty much the Arizona game. So, thought I'd throw that in there. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it made you chuckle a little bit. And that's kind of the idea. Uh, I don't like these. I don't, I don't like playing the Flames. Obviously, it's been a tough series. I, I enjoy playing them in terms of I'm a fan of Calgary. I like the Flames. Obviously, they're a wonderful team. 4-1 and one in their last five. They beat Chicago 5-2, lost to Nashville 3-2, beat Dallas 4-2, beat Vancouver 6-3, beat the Nashville Preds 5-2-4. Sorry if I'm moving too fast. I'm probably driving you crazy. Calgary 7-3 demolition in the Saddle Dome, and then a 5-1 typical, uh, you know, Devin Dubnik's in that type of game not too long ago. That's what it felt like. Devin Dubnik or uh, the, who, who was that other guy? Darcy Kemper. Yeah, that guy. 
five to one. I can still see Bruce Boudreaux's face <laughs> when the Wild were playing well, and then we played Calgary, hoo hoo hoo, and we got beat five to one. And I remember on one of the goals, Bruce Boudreaux looked up at the monitor, and then his jaw just dropped. It was the funniest thing I ever saw. Just that. Oh, <laughs> I wish I could show it to you, but it was it was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, I don't think the Wild win this game, and if we do, good for us. It'd be wonderful. I don't know. We might end up with we might end up with 109 points. We just might. I don't think we're going to tank and say, oh, what the hell. I think we'd love to play at home. But at the same time, we're not going to go out there and just say, you know, we're going to break our backs to win this game and have guys like injured and worn out and such going into the postseason. You obviously don't want to go through the motions either because if you do, that's another way to get injured. So you got to find some kind of friendly medium here going in. Um, hopefully Spurgeon's able to return for one of these two. Maybe this one. Otherwise, maybe Spurgey, Spurgey, as uh, Bill likes to call him, uh, will be out until the actual St. Louis playoffs. But it sounds like he's going to be okay. It's not as scary as it looked. But his upper body situation, uh, the Dumba situation, actually that could drag because they were talking about how it, it's the motion of his shot and just his shot in general, not good. Um, and, of course, that's pretty much Dumba's game, the dumb bomb as they call it. And if that's not working, well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're kind of screwed. So you're kind of screwed, um, which again shows that he's a little more one-dimensional in my opinion. Uh, great personality, leadership skills, but I think Fiala's got leadership skills too. I think Fiala's got leadership skills. I think he showed it this year more than he did in the past. In the in the, just even a year ago, they you probably would have said, ah, uh, nah. Where now it's like, yeah, I, I think there's leadership skills. So I don't think if you had you know choosing. Fiala over Dumba is like the is like blasphemy in the in the Minnesota Wild locker room. I, I I really don't. I think it's business, folks. Business is business. Minnesota will. I just don't have confidence in this matchup. I just don't. At least not right now. Maybe in the playoffs, if the Wild can break through a couple of glass ceilings before they get there, the confidence starts flowing. Maybe we could beat Calgary in a six or seven game Western Conference final, but until that day comes. Until that day comes, I don't see the Wild beating Calgary right now. I think the Flames pull out the brooms and defeat the Wild. Final score of 4-2. to two, Something along the lines. Most likely guy to score in the game will be... He's going to be Charlie Coyle. No, I'm kidding. That's, a, that's what it was in the past for some reason. He'd, he'd have some decent games against the Flames. Uh, or West Walls, of course, because he's from that area. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Ryan Hartman. Seems like a Ryan Hartman kind of game. Colorado Avalanche wrap up the season series, wrap up the season generally speaking with the with the Avs in Axel Energy Center, which is nice. All these games will be in the, the X. Uh, Pavel Francos, upper body injury. Mike Miko Ratten in illness as of uh, 420. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Yep, Colorado's fourth in goals, seventh in goals against. Sixth best power play. Seventeenth best penalty kill. And 16th in the penalty minute category. Calgary, no, what am I talking about? Colorado won 4-1 to in the season opener for us. Well, season opener featuring us anyway. Uh, they defeated us in the shootout the next game, and the Wild won 3-2 to in a nice overtime victory much more recently. And then we wrap up the season series. Colorado's not been playing well. They're 1-4 in their last five. Their only win was against St. Louis of all teams. Remember that, and that's kept... That helped the will of the Wild keep pace with St. Louis despite losing to the frickin' Arizona Coyotes. Would have put us in position to <laughs> possibly have home ice, just to seal it up here. But I don't know. It is what it is. 
Uh, Colorado lost three to two to Washington, three to two to Seattle, six to three to Edmonton, Whew. and a four to one loss in Winnipeg. Ouch! All right, Wild, obviously nice winning streak until its stupid uh, Arizona game. I think the Wild win the season finale. Maybe it's going to be a back and forth type of thing, but I, I predict like a five to three type of win, and somebody it's going to be kind of an oddball score, I think, for Minnesota down the stretch. Um, I should have looked more at some of the other guys, though, on Calgary real quick. Just super fast, super duper fast. Just want to, man, it's just, when, when you look at these numbers, Johnny Goudreau with 113 points. What an amazing season. I never saw Johnny Goudreau as that kind of player. Uh, I saw him as like a 90 point, 90 to 95, which is freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. But 113? Jiminy Christmas, man. He's like Mark Recchi out there. Okay, there I go, making weird comparisons, but numbers-wise at least. Matthew Tachuk, again, physical type of guy with 102 and 41 goals, 61 assists. Doesn't mess around with anybody or anything. Only 68 pims, actually. He's been good about staying out of penalty minutes. I hate saying that. Uh, Mangiapane with 455. Lindholm is awesome. Love him. Um, 81. Sean Manahan. Monahan. what a terrible season. Oh, 23 points in 65 games. Woo, I bet Calgary fans, if they thought of Sean Manahan as an 80-point-plus guy, was going to have 23 points in 65 games. They were like, boy, we, we, we're going to suck. We're going to suck this year. We're going to be in the bottom. Nope. Nope. So, sorry. I had to look at that. Me, otherwise, Miko Ratnan's leading the Avalanche in scoring. They've had injuries all year to, like, big players like Nathan McKinnon. He's got 88 points, though, in 64 games. That's unbelievable. He'd be in the hundreds. Kill McCars, as good as it gets. 85 points in 60, uh, 76 games. And that's a defenseman, by the way. He's either the best or the second best defenseman in the league with him and Roman Josie. Uh, Kadri, 85 points. I don't feel too bad because that's who I got to replace Foligno, so I should just shut up about that. It's Kadri. Hello. Somebody cut him for some reason. I have no idea why. Ratten in with 91 points. 91. Darcy Camper, will he be the undoing of Colorado or will he be like uh, Adam Hauser and step up when it matters most, despite having an up-and-down career with the Gophers many years ago. Uh, Gopher fans would remember who Adam Hauser is and how he stepped up during that NCAA tournament in the final game. The Gophers clinched a championship in his final game as a goalie for the Gophers, as a senior, of course. Five shoutouts for Darcy Kemper. Colorado should be a cup contender, of course. We'll see what happens, though. Anything can happen. They've been upset several times in the postseason the past couple of years, and they also had a huge upset over Calgary a couple of years back uh, when Grubauer first got there. So it's going to be interesting. A 5-3 to three win for Minnesota. Might be some oddball scores in the game for the Minnesota Wild. I'd like to believe it's possible, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Boldy's going to score as long as he plays. I think Boldy scores. I think somebody like, I can see like, yeah, just oddballs like like uh, Brennan DeHaim, people like that. Um, Freddie Goudreau, yeah, he'd been on such a run. He's actually quieted down, which is kind of funny and strange. At the same time, Bukestad. It's going to be the oddball type of guys in this game. I can just, I can just, or Greenway even. Um, I'm going to pick the most likely guy to score in the game to be Matt Boldy. So he's not that much of an oddball. It's just, he's just not at the top of the list necessarily. But he will be soon. He's going to be a top three player on the team very soon, the way he's going. Uh, top three forward at the very least. Uh, but Minnesota wins 5-3 to three and finishes with 111 points. You'll see a 1-1-1 for Minnesota at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break. Come back for, uh, well, we'll look at fan, inter uh, excuse me, yep, fan interaction, but ultimately a tiny, tiny quick look at the prospects as well. 
as per usual, we'll open up with the Iowa Wild here quick. Sorry for the weirdness of this show. But, uh, yep, <laughs> it is what it is. Iowa Wild season is over. They just finished. Woohoo. 52 points for Mason Shaw. 53 for Kyle Rowe and Marco Rossi leading the way overall. But as uh, me and Derek talked extensively off the mic, so to speak, during the course of the uh, the week, and late last week especially, um, yeah, I mean, Marco Rossi's not been really... Obviously, there's been frustration with him uh, from from him uh, about not being in the NHL at all this year and all that. Well, just for like a tiny little stint. And, you know, he's just not been happy, of course, how the Minnesota Wild have been, you know, they've been not bringing him up and all that. And Bill Guerin and all of... And Bill Guerin and then me and, me and Derek agree as well that uh, needs to, you know, he needs to kind of mature a bit, needs to kind of be, be used to playing... In North America, or in uh, a uh, professional level, anyway, he did play in North America for the juniors, and he is only 19 years of age. So it's like there's no huge rush here. He had a pretty damn good season. It's just down the stretch he was kind of going through the motions, and that didn't help Iowa's chances of making the playoffs. Where guys like Mason Shaw, Kyle Rowe, Mitchell Cheffy, and of course, and then Nick Sweeney down the stretch had a great, great final week here. He was actually the prospect of the week with MNW uh, prospects or young guns. Obviously a wonderful, wonderful time there. Good job. One of a 38 points at a spectacular start to the season, but ended up slowing down down the stretch, which is a bit frustrating for some of us. Uh, but again, finished strong, so good for him. Rossi did not finish strong, despite being one of the leading scorers on the team with Kyle Rao. But you see a lot better effort from Rao and Mason Shaw. Um, Mason Shaw's 23, so he's a little bit older, showing a little more heart out there, and good for him, obviously. Um, me and Derek had a slight, had a little conversation about is he an NHL type of guy. I think he maybe could be, but we'll see. Uh, at least he plays with a grittiness that he, he could be, uh, be in the NHL as a fourth liner or third liner, you know, bottom six, but maybe he just doesn't have it. Maybe it's maybe that's just kind of more of a spot for Connor to wear who obviously is fantastic at the AHL levels, uh, even even last year. So, Connor DeWord uh, should make the NHL as a bottom six guy for uh, many years to come. We shall see, though, ultimately. Kalen Addison's an ongoing debate. Will he see action in the postseason? I would not be surprised with the off and on injuries. Minnesota, we got Minnesota and Arizona in the background with the Wild up one nothing. That's funny. Yeah, but might as well have it on. Why not? But, um... A disappointing season for Iowa. You know, kind of like, uh, you could say kind of like Vegas, but not really. Um, they just flat out missed the playoffs. Uh, Zane McIntyre, I think he might be the MVP for this team, honestly. Otherwise, it's Kyle Rowe. Kyle Rowe or Mason Shaw. Probably Kyle Rowe, though, uh, when it comes to the skaters. Otherwise, Zane McIntyre, what a nice midseason addition. 2.45 goals against average, save percentage of 92. 19-14 and 14 for his win-loss record. Wonderful job. Obviously, it's at the AHL level, and he's a veteran, and blah, blah, blah. But he did a good job. He did a damn good job, so I respect him for that. Um, Bryce Misley, I want to look at him very briefly here. Just It just didn't happen much in the AHL. Hopefully, he can get uh, get more going on in the future. He did have three goals in 18 games, but no assists at all. Uh, whereas with the Iowa Heartlanders, the other Iowa club, where a couple of little kids do a podcast for them, it's kind of cool. What is it called? The Antlers or something? Uh, in 46 games, 11 goals, 19 assists for 30 points for Bryce Misley of the <laughs> Iowa Heartlanders, who certainly got better during the course of the season. But Misley, a my disappointing minus 29. I don't want to make make fun of him at all. I, I like him. Uh, so 
yeah, it's just a bummer at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, that one kind of bothers me a little bit, but uh, some nice playoff performances by some of the other prospects and such in their uh, respective <laughs> in their respective uh, postseasons in the juniors and such. I uh, really appreciate what they're doing. Pavel Novak so far in three games, he has one goal. So that's nice. Good for him. We'll try to move quickly here, if humanly possible. Ryan O'Rourke. Ryan O'Rourke, obviously one of those, one of the defenses that he really have high hopes for going forward. Kind of a bit of everything, intangibles type of guy with leadership skills. Wonderful postseason for him so far for the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, it was the Kelowna Rockets, by the way, for uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pavel Novak. Um, five points, five total points for our friend. Five total points for uh, in, in just three games. One one goal and four assists. So awesome performance so far for Ryan O'Rourke in the postseason there. Hopefully he can do that for Minnesota, a guy that can step up and really, you know, really step up to the plate and perform at a high level when, when it's needed most. Damon Hunt of the Moose Jaw Warriors, no playoffs. Bummer. Wound up with uh, 39 total points, 17 goals. Yep, and yeah, that was brought up to me as well, that his season's over already, so... Apologies for messing around too much with that one. Nate Benoit, Mr. Mr. Hopefully he can get a point a week type of guy. I had a pretty exciting little week here in the playoffs. Three points in two games. All right. All right. For the future uh, University of North Dakota Fighting Hawk. Yes, Fighting Hawk. Yuck. Uh, he totaled, he, he, he eclipsed his season total, at least for the Omaha Lancers, where he had three points in 20 games. With the Omaha Lancers, Tri-City Storm, he had six points in 39 games. But in the playoffs, a goal and two assists in two games. All right. Good job, Benoit. Nate Benoit putting up the points. Again, he's going to go to North Dakota. Yay. But, hey, when it, once he comes here, that's all that matters. It's okay. North Dakota's a hell of a program. I mean, there's no doubt no doubt about that. No doubt whatsoever. Uh, this is Josh Pilar, one of my favorites. Two points in four games in the playoffs so far. Well, it's better than he was at the, in the 17 games with only six points. Jeez, only six points for the Saskatoon Blades since the trade. And he wasn't playing as well for the Blazers either at the time. Former, no, not former teammate, Banker. We'll get to him in a moment. Kyle Masters is not the former teammate. One assist in four playoff games for the defenseman, the stay-at-home type defenseman. Red Deer Rebels. Canadian Banker still with the Kamlu... Uh, Kamloops Blazers, as we like to call him. He's got five points in three playoff games. Good job. Uh, one goal, four assists. Guys moving that puck around nicely. Good for you. Jack Purd, obviously no. That's college. That was a while ago. Carson Lambos. Carson Lambos. Obviously uh, one of the top defensemen in the entire system. He's got five points in four games. All assists. But uh, good for him. What an awesome regular season he had. 47 points in 51 games. And there was a stretch where he was out for a while. And there were some droughts mixed in. But generally speaking, Carson Lambeau is really exciting. He's a he's an overall kind of do-everything defenseman. So I cannot wait to see what he can do in the next couple of years here. Absolutely looking forward to his future. Just like Jasper Wallstead as well. Obviously, he's been incredible. And there's definitely a future there. Nothing going on with the playoffs, unfortunately. So that's kind of how that's going. Yeah, that one, that one is that one just kind of stuck where it is. So with all of that said, that's the prospect conversation. Now we'll take a quick break and return for the big fun fan interaction segment. 
And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Here we go, fan interaction time. But guess what? I gotta tease you now, unfortunately. I apologize. The Vigit app, V-I-G-I-T, V-I-G-I-T. It is an app for Android or Apple devices, of course. Get it out of your Play Store or App Store, whatever the heck you call it. It is basically fantasy betting at the end of the day. <laughs> fantasy betting. So <laughs> you can use it as social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sportsbook, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information on the uh, Vigit like line movement where the public is betting. So again, it is not real money wagering. It is basically fantasy betting and a fun competition heading into the playoffs now. So always fun there with the Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs as well. Um, also, the Crypto.com app. Encourage you to get on board with that. Why not trade some cryptocurrency? Uh, I know some of you might be sick of hearing about crypto, 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 but it's fun to do, and it's nothing too crazy at the end of the day. So <laughs> it's just it's just an enjoyable thing. Uh, there's not big fees, and again, nobody's guaranteed to win anything, and nobody's guaranteed to lose anything. So it's, it's just basically kind of like trading, just like the stock market. The main difference is that you can uh, do it anytime, in a, anytime, and it's not complicated either. That's the other cool part. Uh, you can do it anytime, even on Christmas Day. You can trade in there, where the stock market's obviously shut down on holidays, and it's shut down overnight, and it's shut down this, and it's shut down that. So it is what it is there. Uh, let's get to the Twitter account. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. Hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN to keep things organized and ready to go for me as I do the show. Is, I mean, if you want your comment read, that's the best way to do it. Um. Okay, yep, I read that one. Okay, and that was the most recent one. want to thank uh, all the people that retweeted and liked and such the recent uh, release of the show. I need to mention the people that retweeted it. Yep, let's go wild. Thank you very much. Brian Herrera, Tom Hayen, Derek Falska, thank you so much. And I know Vince Germano has retweeted it many, many times in the past, and I apologize if I haven't been mentioning that to Vince, just in case he's listening. He's more of a basketball fan than a hockey fan, but he's been very supportive of the show and been a great friend for many, 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 many years. So God bless you, Vince. Derek Falska posts up an interesting one right here. Would you spend this kind of money to see the Arizona Coyotes play in a 5,000-seat arena? Can they really tout premium seats Premium seats in, the, in an arena this size? Greg Washinsky. Greg Washinsky. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I think so. Yeah, it's interesting numbers here. As I click on it, yeah, now we got a full screen look here. Glass seats, Roe. Glass seats, $14,350 for the full season. Per, per game is $350. Mm-mm-mm. Center Ice Club's ninety-eight forty, and per game, uh, per game, not two forty. Center Ice Premium, woohoo, Premium baby, seventy-one seventy-five, and I don't mean seventy-one dollars seventy-five cents, seven thousand because it's a full season, of course. Duh, per game one hundred and seventy-five bucks for just one little game. Mm, what the hell? Yeah, then the half season. See, that's that's the deal if you do the full season. See what I mean? So where the half season per game would be two twenty. And four forty-five for like the the glass seats row, blah blah blah. So that's pretty crazy. The den, that's like the the worst part, I guess. Thirty-six hundred for uh, forty-nine and eighty-nine dollars per game. Otherwise, one hundred and ten per game if you do the half season for twenty-two hundred. It's pretty wild. Yeah, but I don't need to read all of them, but I mean, it's just it's pretty big money though for only five thousand seats. 
the one good part is a 5,000 seat arena, you're not going to be that far away. So get the cheaper ones. <laughs> you're not going to be that far away. I know some of you want your glass seats and you got to, so you can go boom, boom, boom. I can't make the sound out without, yeah, you want to bang on the ice. Good for you. I'm so happy I can bang on the ice. Yeah. Or bang on the, bang on the ice, bang on the glass for $14,350. Boy, I wish I could do that. I wish I could bang on the ice, uh, bang on the ice, bang on the glass. I'm messing it all up. Sorry. I got a reply, positive reply from, oh yeah, yeah, Let's Go Wild said, wait, you heard from me? What did I say? Listening now. And I said, oh yeah, you responded to the questions, and he says, nice. I thought I was just responding to a random tweet I saw. Thanks for the mention. Just listen to the podcast and love it. Keep up the great work, and thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Looks like you got that Kruka Kaprizov in the background there in your profile pic. Koivu Retirement, how dare you? How dare you? Just kidding. I better be careful. <laughs> I better be careful. Derek Felska says, does last night's, yeah, that was at Arizona. Last night's loss to Arizona. Put a few Minnesota Wild questions in your mind. Tag your questions. Hashtag BGWMN and ask as many as you wish. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Derek. Crease and assist at crease and assist. Derek says, are the Minnesota Wild too confident right now? Do they play too reckless a style to be successful in the playoffs? I think a little bit, yeah. I mean, the, the pretty play it was a beautiful goal earlier this week with Kaprizov kind of dumping the puck off to Zuccarello. That was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work in the playoffs. So be careful. It might. It might work, but, but it might also create an odd man rush. So, yeah, I mean, be careful. I think the Timberwolves are kind of going through some of that similar stuff right now, obviously, with the Memphis Grizzlies, So, which is drawing the ire of... Timberwolves Explosion host somebody. I'm not sure who that guy is, but there's a host of Timberwolves Explosion. It's a, it's a decent basketball show if you want to check it out. Um, what team uh, besides perhaps the Minnesota Wild will choke in the postseason? Which one do you think is this year's NHL playoffs biggest pretender? Pretender. How dare you? Let's see if I can get back where I need to be here with the, the, the playoffs and all that. Okay, good. That was fast. Maybe Toronto because they always choke in the playoffs. They always and choke in the playoffs. Um, Calgary has choked quite a few times as well, but I, I don't think so. I don't think Calgary's going to choke this year, and if they do, I'm going to be pissed, actually. Um, I think it's until they prove otherwise, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've got to get it done, Toronto. And if they play Tampa in the first round, which could possibly be a setup. See, this doesn't help. This freaking... Damn it. Yeah, I don't like the way this is set up. It doesn't even show divisions. Stupid. I have to go to a different thing, I think, to really even get uh, the, a real feel here of all things are going to set up. My deep apologies here. Division and this and that. Yep, uh, Toronto, yeah, they're going to play the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round, which, I mean, <laughs> they're going to play Tampa in the first round. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't bode well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, that's too bad, because I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I'd rather see Toronto win once in a while. Maybe Tampa will be the first team to three-creat since the New York Islanders 40 years ago, which it would be a 40-year anniversary, by the way, 1982. Um, that was when they three-peated. Wouldn't that be something? But, yeah, Toronto and Tampa, you've got to go with Tampa right there. So I'd say Toronto is the most likely uh, team to choke in the in the first round or whatever. It's just, it's just how I see it, and it's freaking unfortunate because it would have been nice otherwise 
Eastern Conference. What do we have set up? Yeah, it's going to be Washington and the Florida Panthers. I think Florida should win that series at five. I think Tampa can beat uh, Toronto. So it'll be Tampa and Florida in the second round. Because Florida's got to win a playoff series, right? Isn't that crazy? They haven't won a playoff series since they had that miracle run back in 96. And uh, Michael Russo reminds us about that from time to time. It's pretty wild. If Florida chokes, boy, that'd be that'd be colossal. It'd be it'd be bleeped up. Um, <clears throat> so that would mean Carolina is going to be playing the Boston Bruins, which is a very tough matchup, actually. Very tough matchup. Carolina should win that, but I don't know, five or six. And then they'd play the winner of Pittsburgh and the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers have a nice team together right now. They should be the favorite, but Pittsburgh's got all that pedigree, so who knows. So I guess the East pretty much is all set. You can kind of guess where teams are going. So you could be looking at a Florida and Carolina East final, and I think a very strong possible Cal Calgary and Colorado West final. Um, with, I think, Calgary and Florida in the final. That's kind of my early preview right now. I think Calgary defeats the Colorado Avalanche or, you know, or whoever else and goes to the final to play the Florida Panthers. I think the Panthers do go back to the Stanley Cup final, finally. And will they be like the 89 Calgary Flames who win the President's Trophy and win it all? Or will Calgary be the team of destiny? So, right now, I think Calgary is the team of destiny. But we'll see if Florida can ultimately be that team at the end of the day. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to kind of go into some of it a playoff preview. Derek actually just messaged me. I have an explanation of why things turned out the way they did for Iowa in my next post game on Friday night, Saturday morning. So, okay, good. I'm glad you said that. Sent that just now because that can kind of let people know that something's coming. So, yeah. And uh, <laughs> look forward to that, everybody. So, there you go. That's a little uh, that's a little promotion for uh, at Crease and Assist right there. And I'm glad. I'm glad you posted that. Good idea. And I'm glad to help you out there. Give you kind of a little... Give people a little uh, appetizer for that. Let's get back to what Derek is saying on Twitter now, uh, which we already were on, but now the hashtag BGWMN. Cool. Uh, what odds do you give the Minnesota Wild for having to... to uh, what was that word? Because I know it was something. Having to force... Uh, having to... Oh, okay, I get it now. Having to fork over a first-round pick for Marc-Andre Fleury. Remember, the team has to reach the Western Conference Finals. And he has to have four postseason wins. Does he? Does his recent play make that more or less likely? It makes it less. It makes it less likely. It makes it less likely. I, I think the chances of the Wild getting to the West Finals when you have to get through Colorado, St. Louis and Colorado, I think are really tough. But if the Wild do get there, I think there's a glass ceiling. Uh, I mean, I think there's, there's going to be an effect where it's like a stock. It gets through a glass ceiling and jumps up or where the Wild could go all the way to the Cup Final. They could. Um, how we've matched up with Florida has not been good, but we haven't matched up well with Calgary either. So um, it could happen. It's possible. I think the Wild could upset Colorado and uh, defeat. obviously defeat St. Louis first. I think the Wild can absolutely do that. I just, you know, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it's going to happen yet. I'm just not overly confident in that happening at the moment. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I really hope the Wild go all the way. I hope the Wild win the Stanley Cup this year. I truly do. Derek again. And, of course, this is the Derek lightning round, and there's going to be the Tom Hayen lightning round. Because, yeah, I mean, let's call it what it is. This is a lightning round, right? It, it's okay, and I love lightning rounds. I love the questions, Derek. I love the questions, Tom Hayen. Lightning rounds are awesome. And this one's going to be an interesting one. Here's a funny one here. He was saying this one could hopefully get a chuckle out of me. It probably should. 
Former uh, former Wild third round draft pick Jack asked no Jack McBain scored his first NHL goal against the Minnesota Wild after the Coyotes. Uh, 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 yep, he scored his first goal against the Wild after the Coyotes five three win. He was given his team's wrestling belt. Where do you think the Coyotes went afterwards to celebrate? Dairy Queen or Chuck E. Cheese? Um, I think Chuck E. Cheese. I think Chuck E. Cheese. I think they're... <laughs> I love it. That, that's fun, though, because that brings back memories, too, for me. Um, I think they went to play some pinball, some skee-ball, and all that. And <laughs> that's about it, though, when it comes to it. They went... <laughs> I think yeah, I think they I think they're playing some skee ball. The unfortunate part is there's not many retro games in a lot of those places. It's all modern stuff. It does does nothing for me. And I did have a listener this week who apparently loves the show but hates the uh, hates the uh, chip tunes as they call them. You know the uh, the the retro video game music, and says for the love of God, get rid of it. You're killing me and whatever. How is that killing you? Come on. I mean, it's and it's part of the identity of the show. I mean, that's one of the things that actually brought Derek to the show. He was like, oh, I really like that. That's cool. You get to hear Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, Turtles. That, you know, that, that's like in Purple Mafia, though. Turtles is in Purple Mafia. Uh, Timberwolves Explosion is like Mega Man 3. Magnet Man, Shadow Man, stuff like that. And uh, some Turtle, uh, Zelda even. A little bit of Zelda mixed in. Zelda 2 in, in that one. Um, I think even occasionally DuckTales. Why not, though? Is it that bad? Like, why is it so bad? So, again, you can... It's usually about 25 seconds. You can just press the little 30-second fast-forward button. All you'd miss out is me saying, and we are back here on the third segment, you know. So go ahead and do that if you hate it so much. Um, come on. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of music. I, I really don't, and... I hate modern music, so I feel the same. Oftentimes, I'll press the fast-forward button or turn the volume off if humanly possible. So we're we're even there. I cannot stand modern the the modern music like hip hop or any of it. I can't take it. I can't or any of the pop. Derek says Kirill Kaprizov recently celebrated his 25th birthday, but wouldn't eat cake, saying he needed to stay skinny. If you were to give 97 a gift for his birthday, what would it be? What would you want on your birthday? But what I want on my birthday from 97? Ooh, well, I mean, most people probably say money, right? <laughs> what am I thinking? Um, what would I give him for his birthday? Boy, I'd be kind of scared. I'd be scared. I'd be scared. Uh, a hockey puck? No, I don't know. Honest to God, I'd be terrified. I, I'm not sure what I would give him. Maybe, maybe a retro... <laughs> maybe a retro video game item of some sort to see if he'd be interested in it like in a like a play like a plug and play atari type of device something like that or even like that retro 77 i'd love to see him playing retro video games maybe he'd be maybe he'd like it it'd be something like in that it'd be something in that uh department i think or like a a, a NES classic of course those are harder to get but yeah, it'd be something like that, or like a Retron 77. Hey, Kirill, play some Atari. See see what you think. <laughs> maybe maybe he'd love it. I don't know. He'd play some Pong, right? <laughs> he could play Pong with Mets. Zuck Carrillo. That would be really entertaining, actually. Really entertaining. <laughs> what would I want on my birthday from 97? Oh, man. Oh, I, I don't know. From Kirill Kaprizov. A birthday present from Kirill Kaprizov? Ah, uh, visit, 
when you when you win the cup, visit me. Come with come come with the Stanley Cup and visit me for like five to ten minutes. Maybe get get an autograph, shake my hand, that kind of thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Take a picture or two. That maybe that that would be the ultimate uh, birthday present, Karel, if humanly possible. That would be unbelievable. Because <laughs> trust me, I would have tears in my eyes seeing the Stanley Cup, and then obviously the you know the best player in my old history already. Coming to my coming to see me and holding that thing, oh my god! But yeah, the odds of that are like one in a bajillion, aren't they? <laughs> Derek Felska again as the lightning round continues says the Iowa Wild playoff hopes are hanging on. Well, yeah, it's over now. If Iowa fails to make it, which they did, what do you think happens to the coaching staff? Will they keep Tim Army and company, or will they clean house? I think Tim Army should stay. I like him. I don't know. Are are, uh, are you frustrated with him at the end of the day? I like what Tim Army's done. At the same time, maybe maybe I am out of uh, maybe I am out of place saying that because Iowa has kind of underachieved, generally speaking. But I don't think it's his fault, really. I think some of the, the up and down, some of the players, the bad attitude and such has has not been in the right place. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a total idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about, which is quite possible. Um, just because I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely no genius, no AHL genius, even though I keep up with it as much as I can. Um, they have underachieved, no question about that. So, I, I think maybe they give him one more year. That's my guess, and see where things go there. There's another one, interesting little playoff chart here. Derek Velska says, "Here are the Vegas Golden Knights' current playoff odds, which are now over." I'm not a betting man, but they don't look good. Should anyone shed a tear if the Golden Knights don't make it? Should it surprise a? Uh, should it surprise us the league is allowing this to happen? Oh, yeah. Arizona and Anaheim. So what is exactly happening here? What exactly is happening? Um, but obviously, yeah, they're not going to make it. I mean, and they did. They lost to Chicago and St. Louis. Arizona and Anaheim for Dallas's upcoming schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, Dallas has to, uh, obviously everybody's like, yep, Dallas was going to make it, and they did. Um, so, it's kind of, uh, oh, I see what you mean, how they're being, yeah, it looks a lot tougher on uh, Vegas than Dallas, and it certainly does. Um, it's pretty lopsided. But, you know, I'm, I am sad, I'd like to see Vegas make it, but maybe it was just due that they didn't, and we'll see. Um, obviously, in hockey, draft picks don't turn you around too quickly, so even a higher pick isn't going to save their franchise right now um, unless it ends up being a great pick that, that comes around in the next couple of years, but they're going to have to reload at the very least, though so I'm sure they have plenty of cap issues like we do with all those uh, expensive players on the roster in Vegas, so kind of is what it is. I, I feel a little bad. I like Vegas. You know, and this was uh, shared by Sinbin as well. Yep, Derek shared Sinbin's post, posted by Sinbin, and I'm a follower of the uh, Vegas Sinbin and all them. They're very good. Very good. Hello! And that's kind of what this is today. This is kind of like uh, my version of Twitter space. As uh, the host called it, always says, hello! And then there, it's, you know, there's Twitter space and goalie interference and then, like the general show. They do a good job. Um, I'm not going to shed a tear for them, but it is, a, it is a shame. I am sad. I am sad. I'm disappointed that they didn't make it. I think it'd be better to have Vegas in the playoffs than... I couldn't care less about the Dallas Stars for obvious reasons. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a bummer. And it doesn't surprise us the league is allowing that to happen. No, 
It, it doesn't. Uh, Brian Herrera says, with the playoffs a week away, which wild player that doesn't sport any facial hair right now will grow the best, grow the best playoff beard? And no, this loss of the Yotes doesn't concern me. They were hungry to end their 10-game losing streak, and trap games happen from time to time. Yes, they do. Uh, no doubt about that. As for beards, who's going to have the best playoff beard? Uh, Jordy Ben. Okay, I'm just kidding. He already has one. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, Cam Talbot obviously already has a beard. Oh, that's kind of a tough one sometimes. Matt Dumba. I can imagine Matt Dumba having a pretty cool one, actually. <laughs> because, yeah, usually he just has the goatee going. I can imagine him growing something and looking kind of cool <laughs> down the stretch, looking at that big beard. For some reason, he's the one that's ringing a bell for me. Maybe I'm crazy. Obviously, Middleton's got... Well, Middleton's got the mustache. He might end up having an epic beard going into the playoffs as well, though. So, it's between Middleton and Dumba for me, if that's okay. And now it's time for the Tom Hayen lightning round. Thank you, Brian. Obviously, love hearing from you. Tom Hayen says, when Mike Yo gets shit-canned in Philly by Chuck Fletcher, will he be the only coach in history to have been fired by the same GM for two different teams? I, I think so. I think so. That sounds about right, doesn't it? At the end of the day. But I got a feeling that Chuck Fletcher might get shit canned as well, though. It might be it might be both of them getting shit canned at the same time. I kind of have a feeling that's where things are headed, cause it's just as much Fletcher's fault as it's Yo's fault. That that was it just didn't work out. It's bottom line, it didn't work out. They should have kept Ron Hextall, pardon me. Um, but maybe even in Philadelphia, they won't make that quick of a move on their GM. But isn't that like Philadelphia in general? Philadelphia sports in general. They're so damn impatient. They get pissed off and they fire Ron Hextall, who actually had things going in the right direction, just not immediately, exact, right now, 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 now. You know, it wasn't like an instant thing. And then <laughs> they fire him. You find out the next year, whoa, this thing is pretty good. Oh, but yeah, Chuck Fletcher's the GM now. So, yeah, he's turning that team around. No, he had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. Two, three years later, what the hell's going on here in Philly? What's happening? Yeah. Exactly, what's happening in Philly. So, I think it's as much Fletcher as is Mike Yo, to be quite fair. Home ice advantage. Okay, Tom Hayen. Yep, Tom Hayen. Lightning round continues. Home ice advantage has been taking point of late amongst the players, media, and fans, etc. In the past 33 game sevens in the NHL, the home team has won 16 times. Where's the advantage? Amen. And look at the last several game sevens in the Stanley Cup Finals, right? Going back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. See, the year, the year before, Detroit won, right? Detroit won the Cup in seven, if I remember correctly. It should have been, yeah, I believe it was seven both years. And then Pittsburgh won in Detroit the next year. Pittsburgh won Game 7. They were the first team in quite a while to win a Game 7 on the road in many, many, many years. Back in the day, teams just never lost Game 7 at home in, the, in, the, in a championship round. Like the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, World Series, Obviously, the Super Bowl is in a different place. It's only at home. It's been at home twice now, and the home team is 2-0 <laughs> the past couple years here, which is really funny. All those years. And then it happens two years in a row with Tampa and the Los Angeles Rams. It's freaking weird. Isn't that weird? And, of course, the Vikings just, we couldn't, we just couldn't do it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Minnesota for you. But, yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins won Game 7 in Detroit. And then the Boston Bruins won Game 7 in Vancouver. 
And then in baseball, the San Francisco Giants won Game Seven in Kansas City. <laughs> and then it just kept it just kept happening. The uh, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers won Game Seven in Oracle Arena. In you know in freaking Warriors, I'm so happy about that. I hate the Warriors with a passion. Um, the Chicago Cubs won Game Seven of the World Series in Cleveland. It just it just keeps happening, and that's every sport. But in hockey, yeah, I mean it's been a lot. The Cup Final, um, St. Louis won Game Seven in Boston, just like Boston won Game Seven in Vancouver. See, so it's stuff like that. It just continues to happen. Continues to happen. Game Sevens are not won at home in uh, in every round. I mean, the Minnesota Wild won. They won two Game Seven, three Game Sevens in a row. Uh, obviously, first time around, it was two game sevens on the, uh, I, you know, Colorado, Vancouver back in 03, and then Colorado again many years later in 2014. It's crazy that it took that long, but it took us 11 years to win a playoff series. Let Wrap that around. <laughs> Just let that sink in. It took us 11 years to win a playoff series. Jiminy Christmas. That's, that's bull. That's bull, isn't it? Isn't that bull? <laughs> And it's been how many years since 2015 was the last time we won? Yeah, we beat St. Louis. That didn't go to Game 7. We actually closed it out in Game 6, like winning teams are supposed to do. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's just crazy. So where's the advantage? Nope, it's not the same anymore, Tom. Uh, long story longer. I apologize for going on forever, but it's it's interesting. And it's a good, good, good conversation. Tom, Tom Hayen, with a roster that is finally littered with offensive skill, how in the name of Bjorn Samling can the Minnesota Salming, Salming, can the Minnesota Wild power play look like a disheveled toupee way too often? Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it stupid? Our power play sucked, and our goal scoring sucked. Yep, I, I love hearing from Everson. That's, a, that's true. That's very true. Um... Yeah, it's the by far the best offensive team of all time in Minnesota, and we had a really good one in '17, and then lost to the Finn Blues, the Fing Blues in the first round. We set all kinds of records that year too: best record of all time, most points, uh, most goals by a player, and blah blah blah, most total points, and it was just well, it's tied, tied with Gabrick uh, uh, basically are right there with him, and all kinds of other guys had career years like Charlie Coyle, uh, Eric Hall. No, that wasn't Eric Hall this year. That was here before, I believe. Charlie Coyle and, and Nino Niederreiter and Mikhail Granlund and you could go on all day. So all those obnoxious names that we're all tired of now. Uh, sticking with special teams, how can the coaching staff, video gurus in the front office, not figure out a way for the penalty kill to elevate itself at least to the horseshit level? That's another good question. That's another good question. I you got to think they could figure something out, especially against the St. Louis Blues. It's going to have to improve because if the penalty kills anywhere where it's been, they're going to lose. They're going to lose to the Blues. We're going to be singing the Blues. And I don't want to lose, damn it. I want to win. So I said in Colorado, we definitely lose. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll continue. With Fiala emerging this season to give the organization a legitimate second dynamic game breaker, something the org has never had at any point, how far does it set the organization back if Jim Bilgerin moves him in the offseason, which he won't, by the way. It would set us back, I think, significantly. I think it'd be a huge loss if the Wild lose Kevin Fiala. Um, uh, 
any of them leave, like Boldy, or like they get hurt, or they're out, or they leave permanently, Boldy, Fiala, Goudreau, well, Goudreau's what he is, but Boldy or Fiala, either one of them leave, the other one's going to kind of hurt, going to feel the pain, and I think that kind of res- would resonate throughout the team as well. So it'd be, it'd be a big loss. It wouldn't be the same. It just wouldn't be the same. And um, But uh, maybe Boldy would continue to emerge, but I think good players need each other. You know, good players need each other. If Kirill Kaprizov was out on an island, like uh, Alexander Daig, well, of the uh, Ottawa Senators way back in 93, 93, 94, 95, blah, 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 it's not the same. You know, imagine if Alexander Daig came into the NHL with guys like that. He probably would have had a nice career. Probably. He would have had a better career. Um, he wasn't as mentally, he wasn't as strong mentally as some of these other guys, but uh, I don't know, uh, some of the other stars in the NHL, but... Yeah, seriously though. Um, Tom Haynes says, has the Wild organization offered uh, free playoff tickets to the young lady who answered ditto, dildo during a recent in-game contest? Uh, not that I know of. Dildo. I just said ditto. I'm stupid. Dildo during a recent in-game contest. Maybe. Maybe just to make fans laugh, I guess. The uh, Tom Haynes says, the NHL format, just plain horseshit or incredible horseshit. Incredible horseshit. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Though Bill Guerin will tell you, let's just play. So I guess uh, I guess it is what it is. I mean, we we have to play one way or another. So it sucks. It's but it is what it is. Tom Haynes says, "Will the snowflakes faithful pour uh, faithful pour all the blame on the team's second round loss on Muth Mukau?" I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Mukau, of course, that would be Marcus Foligno, the moose, the moose. Um. I, I I hope not. <laughs> team's second round loss on Mukau. Yep, that team at the time. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one, huh? <laughs> Since an early season leg injury is the only thing keeping Boldy from the Calder, yeah. Will hockey fans be surprised when Rossi wins the award next year and Wallstead wins it the year after? Can you imagine? <laughs> We'd be the New York Islanders of Calder, right? Four in a row. Can you imagine if things all if that went that way? Kaprizov, Boldy. <laughs> Rossi, Wallstead. It's it's a little on the hopeful side, but it could happen. I mean, it's possible. We might have some spectacular rookies. Though, other people might tell you that Rossi's attitude is in the wrong place right now, and that maybe that just could affect his career, the way things are going. Maybe, the, maybe he just doesn't have the energy with that whole... Uh, I'm hoping and believing that there is no permanent damage to Rossi's heart, like physically, not just mentally, but physically from the whole... Uh, that whole situation that took place a year ago. So I'm I'm hoping and believing, and it would be cool if we we were able to pull a pull a New York Islanders. <laughs> that early uh, that early uh, season ankle injury was quite a bummer for Boldy, but it, it all worked out in the end. Outside of getting the Calder, I suppose. Tom says the last two months has been a pure slog schedule wise yeah but it's been tough for pretty much the entire league yeah I was cramming everything in should we expect a little more ragtag play in the playoffs considering how war down many teams no uh, teams and players no doubt are I think so yeah I think so I, I wouldn't be surprised honest to God um, the energy is definitely going to be higher than it is in the regular season but possibly in the early rounds it might be a little tough but um, I would not be surprised though I don't think it helped no doubt uh, Tom Hayden says, is it a foregone conclusion that Talbot will get the Kaiser game run against the Notes? Possibly. 
if if put it this way, if I was in charge, I would I would have Talbot in game one. I would put Talbot in in game one and see what and see what happens. Um, uh, and then obviously with the right to change at any time, the right to change at any time. It's nobody's like net, no matter what. It's not Devin Dubnik nonsense, where it's Devin Dubnik or bust. And it was quite a lot of busting when Devin Dubnik was the goalie for the while in the playoffs, even though he wasn't always the problem. In fact, oftentimes he wasn't. But later on, he became a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problem. Um, I would go with Talbot if it was me. Unfortunately, with this organization, there is no foregone conclusion about anything, unfortunately. <laughs> Other than uh, we're going to play hard and stuff. And it's all about winning. That's basically what they say at this stage. Tom Hans says, considering the Minnesota Wild of notes, that would be the St. Louis Blues, are each going to finish around eighth overall in the league standings, will Minnesota Wild Twitter explode, implode, pardon me, if the Wild loses round one, or will it realize it lost to one of the best teams in the league? A little of both. It's going to be a, it's going to be a little of both. There's definitely going to be a frustration. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be mad. I don't want to lose, damn it. And... At the same time, it's not overly surprising. Obviously, we've lost a trillion first-round series. Uh, we've had terrible success against uh, St. Louis, but the good news is the playoffs are a different animal, and I think this team is built differently than they were just a couple months ago. So there's a lot of hope going forward. I do think the Wild defeat the St. Louis Blues in the first round. I'm, I'm hopeful in that at this stage. Not overly, but I am hopeful. Tom says, gotta move salary to keep Fiala. If keeping as the lightning round continues, if keeping Fiala means you lose Dumba, Greenway, and Jost, are we fine with that? If it's up to me, I say yes. Um, that would be quite a lot of guys gone, but I would say yes. Hopefully, out of that group, you can keep Greenway. Greenway, because he's, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping, there we go. I'm looking, where am I trying to click here? I'm hoping you can keep Greenway up because I do have the uh, cap friendly up every time I do the show. It is waiting for me right away. Yep, $3 million a year. Jost, he is restricted free agent, $2 million. Well, if you keep Jost, you save a million versus Greenway. But I think Greenway offers more, obviously. And that kind of the chemistry with the uh, grief grease or whatever the heck you call it. I call it the grease line. I'm going to keep calling it that. I, I'm going to stick with that because that's what I heard at the beginning and I kind of like it. The grease line. Um, that is it's one of the best lines in the NHL. It is. Um, oh, God, it's so tough, isn't it? It's tough. Dumba, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over losing Dumba to keep Fiala at the end of the day. Joseph Greenway, you probably have to make a decision with one of those two, unfortunately. Um, I've seen more out of Greenway than I've seen of Jost, and though at the same time, Greenway is not any anything to go absolutely nuts over. Yet at the same time, he does have a presence to his game, and he has had a strong season despite the fact the numbers really haven't been all that spectacular. At the end of the day, I better keep moving. I'm looking at the clock here. Whoa, Joey. <laughs> uh, will Parisi be cheering for the Minnesota Wild when the tournament starts, or will he just yell at the neighbors for playing the music too loud? That sounds like me. I don't like people playing loud music. That actually sounds like me. So, <laughs> especially at, like at work, I'm the guy that gets up and turns it down when yeah, I have the option to do so. Uh, he might. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of having a hard time with that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, clinched KFN girl Jody Halvey says, he should be ashamed for being such an exclusive elitist. I didn't think I could dislike a Minnesota athlete more than I dislike Joe Maurer, but he's getting close. 
Derek Felska says he probably will criticize their cell leads. Yep, celebration. And then Kay Fenn says totally. Uh, Cody says totally. So I'll lean towards no. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Uh, he's not going to uh, be cheering for us. Probably not. Uh, Tom says, do Minnesota Wild fans realize the playoff run is going to be short and painful if it's a parade to the penalty box? Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so, because it will be short. Very short. Stay out of the box, you dummies, right? Do Minnesota Wild fans realize that the team will win the Cup if they can play the majority of the tournament 5-5? Yeah, that would be nice. I wish we could. That would be awesome. Tom says, been watching NHL hockey since I was five. How is it possible this team cannot find a decent, consistent color person for the TV podcast, broadcast, pardon me, podcast? I think Carter's okay. He might not be the best ever. People don't know. I don't know. That is a good question. But it all kind of, it's all kind of debate. But yeah, I mean, generally their TV broadcasts haven't been that spectacular really ever. Uh, Goldberg was fun, but he was, he was kind of a bit too. In, in a way, he was interesting, I guess. Um, you know, Goldberg's obviously the, was the play-by-play guy, but I'm just saying, yeah. And then uh, the commentators, you know, maybe it should have been Tom Reed all this time, but, cause, yeah, because Tom Reed's really good. Tom Reed's the best commentator, and he's radio. Tom Han says, and oftentimes the radio guys are better because they kind of almost have to be. Like, they're just natural broadcasters, where TV guys, it's just, it's, it's a different, it's just different. It's a different vibe. Um, radio just always is better. I'm happy to be a radio type anyway. Uh, Tom Hayen says, should Minnesota Wild, this is the end of the lightning round, should Minnesota Wild fans be concerned about the obvious frailty of some of the blue liners considering the tournament is always a battle of attrition, attrition. It's concerning. Oh, it's concerning. I mean, a lot of guys keep getting hurt. I mean, it, uh, I don't even want to say this, but if, if anything happens to Brodeen, we're so dead. And I'm not going to let Brodeen stay healthy. He is the ultimate guy. Whenever we, whenever he gets hurt, it's like we stink. You know? So, obviously, he is the MVP of the defensive core. Spurgeon is the overall leader of the team and all that. And I'm praying to God he's going to come back and be all right. And we, we need him healthy. Uh, it's extremely concerning going into the playoffs. Because if, if they're banged up to a point of, like, we, we're putting in, you know, like, Jamie Ben is going to be a regular on the fourth, uh, on the... Uh, top four or something. We're dead. Jay Bushy says, do you think any of the injured players will miss some playoff games? Probably. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I keep going back and forth on this because they were talking like Dumb is going to come back and then they're saying his, it's just when they watched his shot, something ain't right. So Dumba probably. Dumba's probably going to miss some at the end of the day. Nice to hear from you, Jay. Always love hearing from Jay Bushy. Um, Yep, don't be afraid to ask a second or third question as much as much as you can. But hey, the fact that you uh, at least throw in one is, is definitely nice. It's at least something for sure. No doubt about it. Let's see if there's any more. I think that's it. Oh, I better put in the preview here. I better retweet that for Derek there. There you go. Awesome. Um, yep, I think Dumbay is going to miss some games, unfortunately. He's the most likely one. It sounds like Spurgeon's going to be ready to go, and we're going to freaking need him, let me tell you. Uh, at the end of the day. With that said, uh, now now we're heading into the postseason just about. I think the Wild go one and one, like I was saying. Really looking forward to things. The And i got to mention this this time, because I didn't mention it last week, and luckily here I am anyway. Spring cleanup season is upon us. It is about to start. It is extremely late. Like, so late, it's ridiculous. It's not. We haven't even done one cleanup yet, and it's the end of April. Usually, we're you know, in the past, we were starting in the first 
first or second week of April. And then my brother kind of pushed it forward to the third or so. Now, nothing. It's still nothing. So, from here on, the release of the show will be random. It won't be like a, a scheduled, like Thursday, 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 Thursday. And that tends to happen during the postseason anyway, most of the time. Um, so, expect a random thing, like a rainy days and Sundays type of thing. Instead of rainy days and Mondays, rainy days and Sundays, that the show will be released. I'll be able to keep up. And then like a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening type of thing, trying to keep up with the show. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Really looking forward to how this goes into the postseason. I gave a brief prediction of how I think it's gonna be Calgary and Florida with Calgary winning it. Uh, I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Hopefully Minnesota can get healthy and ready to go. I do pick the Wild to win the series versus St. Louis, regardless if it's home and away in seven games. It's gonna take seven games, but the Wild will defeat the St. Louis Blues, in my humble opinion. Next time we do the show, we will be playing the St. Louis Blues. We'll probably have a few games in, uh, and we'll have some more answers about injured players playing, uh, you know, guys that are you know guys that are healthy enough to play again, hopefully, and hopefully Minnesota is heading in the right direction in the postseason, and guys like Fiala Kaprizov continue at the pace they're at, because if they do, this team could be a contender. If they stop scoring like they did last year in the playoffs, we're done. <laughs> it's that simple. So with that said, again, have a wonderful week. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild if you could on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or Audible. There's also a Spotify option. You could put a star rating on there again. So again, shout-outs, quick shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, MN Young Guns, uh, MNW Young Guns on Twitter and Facebook. I'm really proud to be a part of that as well, even though I haven't been, uh, you know, I haven't been covering... Uh, players this year because I cover the Quebec Junior Major Junior Hockey League and the BCHL and the Wild don't have any prospects in that system. Sorry for repeating myself every week about that, but in case new listeners don't know about that, I mention it every week. Um, again, God bless all of you. Thank you again always, Derek, for putting out the uh, the bat signal. Does an unbelievable job. Him and his, him and his wife Teresa, Teresa Ferries on Twitter, they uh, retweet, or excuse me, they post out their, uh, their uh, articles from the Sports Daily, crease and assist, at crease and assist. With that, we will sign off for now, and we will talk to you on a random day in the future. It could be a Sunday, it could be a Monday, it could be a Wednesday, whatever it is, but we'll keep up with the Wild in the postseason as best possible. Mm-hmm.